Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode number 284 with Caroline Williams. How are you, Caroline? Hello. I'm all right. Thanks. How are you? Very good. Now, we're just talking before, and um, it's been something I've wanted to get you on for a while. A good mutual friend that we both have in Andy Milne uh, recommended your book, Move, um, The the New Science of uh, Body Over Mind. And it just blew my mind because there's so many things in it. And obviously, I was a PE teacher. I'm in the space. I do play workshops. I used to be a fitness trainer. But there's so much research that I'd never, ever really thought about. Um, and I know we we're just talking before about like how hard it is to write a book and everything like that. But where did the inspiration come to write Move? Because it's not only in uh, published in, it's published all over the world. It's translated in different languages and it's changing people's minds on what they think movement is. Um, so, sorry, that was the most, I've just spoken way too much. This is about you today. <laughs> no, um, that's okay. But where did the inspiration come from the book? Because I bloody love it. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, thank you, Andy. A shout out to Andy for passing it on. Um, it's, it's sort of, if you go back far enough, it sort of goes back to those days. So I met Andy when I was at university. Um, on my first time at university, um, I went to do PE teacher training. Um, and my my rationale for that at the time, because I wasn't the kid at school who was really in I wasn't in all the teams I wasn't like considered sporty I think if you ask my PE teachers they'd be like what Caroline little one no no (laughs) no. really PE no um anyway so my rationale was thinking forward to what my future career would look like I couldn't stand the idea of just sitting in an office and just mindlessly moving pieces of paper around or whatever um I thought I need to be outside in the fresh air uh ideally not sitting still um and I really liked biology so I thought okay well I'll tell you what I'll be a biology teacher and I'll have a bit of PE teaching on the side so I can go outside and run around right um turned out you couldn't study it that way at least at the time so I ended up doing PE with biology um so but after a year it kind of became clear to me that it was very much still I don't know about now but in those days definitely it was all about team sports and that wasn't really my bag and I got more excited by the science than I did the sort of team sports and so I swapped courses and went and did a biology degree instead so then um after that I was one of those weird people who enjoyed doing um essays being in the library and researching stuff and writing it down um and I sort of started wondering whether there was a job in that and it turned out science journalism is a thing so I sort of pursued (laughs) that um and then after you know I've been doing science journalism now for 23 years this year and um for most of that time my fascination has been about the human mind and why we think the way we do and why we act the way we do why we feel the way we do and all these kind of glitches that come in the human brain package like stress and anxiety and why we can't focus when we want to and all these things and for a long time I was concentrating on looking for answers to that question by looking at the brain and psychology and neuroscience and it kind of occurred to me eventually um that my own mind works best when my body is is moving and I thought well okay well maybe there's some science in that there must be more to it than just endorphins it can't just be like happy hormones so I started looking into the science and it turned out there was absolutely loads out there um you know everything from sort of cell biology to neuroscience and everything in between 
And I thought, okay, well, this this is something that I didn't, I, I hadn't been made aware of this research and I don't think anybody else was either. So I decided to dig into it and that's how MOVE came to be. So in a way, I've kind of gone back to my roots from when I was 18 and thinking, oh, I like running around a bit and I like science. And it's kind of all come together, you know, <laughs> in a like way. It's, it's a perfect package, really. And I know we were talking a little bit before too, but um, writing a book, a lot of people have some research and some stories and everything in there. I've never just been constantly blown away by how much research you actually had, like in your book and personal stories. How did you go about, Not like it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. I can't imagine that was very easy. How did you go with selecting what made the cut? Because there's so much in there. And I'm, I still think not everything you had would have made it. Yeah, so it is, it's funny you say it's like a jigsaw puzzle because I, I, when I'm researching and writing, I tend to have a jigsaw on the go and it's kind of the same process. You're like, just keep plugging away and eventually a picture will emerge. <laughs> you know, just keep keep at it. Um, so, I mean, really, I, I sort of decided to split it down by different types of movement thinking because, you know, one of my inspirations for this was like, why does yoga make me feel so amazing? And like, what is it? The stretching? Is it the strength? Is it the um you know is it the breathing what what's going on I thought well okay well maybe it's all of those things but I need to take each one um separately so I broke it down like that and then just um me google lots of scientific papers reading 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 and I find with I'm a bit of an over researcher I think I probably um read more than I need to to be able to write what I need to write but to me I just keep reading stuff until I start getting a picture form. So um, yeah, and then you can start putting this together with that and and something bigger than the sum of its parts emerges. So that's what really keeps me going with books, but it has to be something you're so into that you can't not, because otherwise it would just feel overwhelming and and just like a hideous task. <laughs> well, if you, you wouldn't do it otherwise. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, you you, yeah. I mean, writing books, you don't do it for the money or the fame, you know, you do it because you can't not keep researching about it and and you, and you desperately want to share it with everybody else because it's so cool yeah um, yeah so true right yeah but also I think like you said before um and one of the things I love is just giving people the opportunity to find that joy again in movement because so many people look at it as a chore um and yeah. but really it's it's such a privilege that you get to move your body um is that why you like tried to break it down in so many different areas to hopefully give people that one little bit of inspiration that might spark them off on their movement journey again? Yeah, because I, I kind of feel like we've got we've got ourselves into a weird place where you know everyone's all about meditation and mindfulness and things like that, and we know we should be exercising um, for our physical health, but it feels like we've kind of missed a trick putting these two things together and saying, actually our, our mind, our brain is part of the same system and what you do to one, you do to the other. And so moving for the way you feel to me is a better sell than move because you'll get a better ass out of it, you know? So like <laughs> this, this whole thing about, you know, it's all about physical appearance and your abs and you must do this and you must do that. Like, well, no move because it makes you feel better and there will be for everyone whether it's walking whether it's tai chi whether it's dancing you know it can be running up really steep hills if that's what floats your boat or you know rugby or whatever but there's 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 a way of moving that's for everybody because our bodies were des designed to move we evolved to move and by the way that process happened that changes the way we feel and so however you want to move 
it's going to make you feel better. So yeah. I just wanted to get that message across that it's it's not exercise. It's way more important than that. You know, <laughs> it's about how you feel. It's about how you live your life, how you feel about yourself. You know, the whole the whole bag, really. Well, there's so many byproducts of movement. And one you just mentioned there is walking. And I don't think people actually realize how beneficial walking can be. Not only that, it's the safest on all your joints and everything like that. So you're not, realistically, it's pretty hard to injure yourself. Um, How important is walking for everybody? Because it seems like now, um, particularly after a lockdown period, people, some people don't leave the home. Some people drive to work, they get out, get in an elevator, they sit down all day, they get in their car, they drive home, they sit on the couch. We've just stopped moving. It, it, it Walking is so important, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like the easiest way, well, for most people who are physically able, you know, it's the easiest way to to, to move your body without, it doesn't have to hurt. It You know, it doesn't have to get you out of breath. It doesn't have to be painful. Um, and for your mind, it's, you know, I think what we forget when we when we're sitting at our desks, having commuted there on the train, on the car, whatever, that the best way to work and to think and to focus or to be creative isn't to be sitting still. It's to be out walking. And, you know, there's very there's different ways of walking, which sounds ridiculous because, you know, we all know how to walk. But if you go out for a, you know, just a gentle meander or. In fact, do any kind of exercise that's at an easy pace where you can sustain it without having to think about it, without having to, you know, concentrate on it. It allows your mind to wander and it turns down activity in the frontal bits of the brain, um, which sends your focus wide. So these frontal bits of the brain, their job is to keep you thinking in straight lines. And, and that's a very important role. Otherwise, we'd never get anything done. But if you can turn down activity in that area of the brain temporarily by going for a walk, then you start to put things together in ways that maybe you hadn't thought of before. And, and so that, and there's studies on this. So there was a, a Stanford university study where people were sent out for a walk for like 20 minutes versus people who were sitting still. And then they were given this kind of creativity task to do in the lab. And the people that had been for a walk were way more creative than the people that had sat still. And they had this kind of spillover effect for at least 20 minutes afterwards. And so it's, it's almost like if you're at work, and you have an ideas meeting coming up or a brainstorm or something, you know, as bosses, people should be saying, look, I don't want to see any of you at your desk before this meeting. I want, I want to see you back here on time, but I don't want to, I don't want to see you sitting there going, oh my God, I need to find some ideas. I need to think because the best way to do that is, is up on your feet and moving. So it's, you almost need to give yourself permission, but also I think in workplaces, it has to become the norm that moving thinking is just as valuable as sitting thinking. Yeah, so true. And I think the big thing you've just really mentioned there, uh, Callan, is that you've got to allow that to occur. So not having a device, not listening to an audio book, a podcast, even though there's some brilliant podcasts out there for listeners, um, <laughs> like you've, you've <laughs> yes. got to allow you've got to allow that creativity and imagination to come through without any head noise as well. Why are you getting the benefits of walking? Don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so do it on your own. You know, just. Yeah, go somewhere, maybe go somewhere familiar so you can just let your mind wander without thinking about where you're going, you know, just fully unplug. And I don't think we do that so much anymore. We don't. We, we definitely <laughs> don't. And, and and it's, again, it's probably one of those things that we feel naked without our device. Like we're we're yeah. so attached to it. Um, Actually, it's liberating when you get used to walking. And as you said, it only has to be 20 minutes. That's not mm. a long period of time. No, no, absolutely not. And, and it's... 
yeah I mean once you get going you'll probably go longer than that because you'll be like this is nice <laughs> you know, actually, I feel quite good I feel quite calm and I'm thinking of stuff although I do have to say I do take my my phone with me so that I can then be making notes so Thanks, I have hundreds of notes on my phone and when I was sort of working on the idea for, for move I did lots of long walks with my dog who may or may not burst through that door in a minute um you know and I just took, took my phone out my pocket and I was like oh idea da, 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 da. and so I've got hundreds of notes because that's when the ideas come to me it's not when I'm sitting here at my desk you know drinking my 10th cup of tea that's not that's not when I do my best work yeah yeah yeah. I, I, I think that's brilliant you, you, you do you're getting all these great ideas while you're walking you don't want to waste them I get that so no. you obviously mentioned um that study by Stanford which is really fascinating and I'm sure if people are listening here that you know may have employees or they're in an office that is something that's really crucial. Was there any other, like, and once again, there are so many bits of research in your book. And that that's what, I just love that because it backs up and you've got your personal stories and everything in there. But was there any other bits of research that you just absolutely loved that was something that you didn't know yourself? So I was, I was surprised by the importance of strength for, um, for a sense of competence and self-esteem and this thing that psychologists call global self-efficacy which is like a measure of do you feel like you can handle stuff have you you know have you got this um and there's research going way back to the 80s where so in the study I'm thinking of there were some teenage girls and they did weight training so they increased their strength by 40 percent over 12 weeks and the girls started mentioning that they felt more capable in situations that had nothing to do with physical strength um things like difficult conversations you know tricky teenage angst stuff that happens when you're a teenage girl um they just felt better able to handle life and sort of in the 40 years or so since that research has been done it's pretty solid that increasing physical strength um, decreases anxiety, increases self-esteem and confidence, and just makes you feel more capable of life. And interestingly, the changes happen before you see any physical change in the muscles. So you don't have to be, you know, going to the gym three times a day and pumping iron and getting big muscles to get this effect. It's like, it's an inside job. When you, when your body notices that you're getting physically stronger, it's almost like it allows your mind to take a back seat. So you don't have to worry so much because you bought, you know, you've got this, it's fine. And and that really surprised me, the strength of that link and, and that nobody really knows that, you know, we talk about um, mental health with cardio and you know, fitness and all that kind of thing. But these studies were done, you know, regardless of whether people have done cardio or not, just strength training or increasing your strength alone will improve the way you feel. Um, about yourself and your place in the world so to me that's really really important especially when we have kids that are you know the data suggests that kids aren't as physically strong as they were 10 years ago especially women in the workplace who you know we know are less likely to speak up and ask for pay rises and you know speak up in meetings and just this having this internal feeling of confidence I think is something that a lot of people could benefit from um, and you don't have to combine you can do body weight stuff you know just being stronger and having your a body that's capable helps your mind feel capable too it's so true and I, i'm sitting here nodding along and as you said that's 40 years ago that's being out there why yeah we people will read your book and they'll read the studies and they'll they'll read studies like that from 40 years ago that hasn't changed the benefits are there 
why are people still hesitant? Like, is it is it because you have to put the work in? Nobody's going to do it for you. When, have you found what are the limitations, or why are people not all doing this? I think because it's been sold for so long as a, a thing you do to look good, and you know most of the, the things that people are aiming for physically are completely, you know impossible to achieve so why would you even bother you see someone with amazing toned arms and and abs and you think well good for them they probably do that all day every day and don't have to work for a living but so so it sort of puts you off from even starting right and and it's expensive but I think the beauty of knowing that you don't have to join a gym you don't even have to change your clothes just you know prioritizing your own physical strength lifting more stuff and carrying stuff and it does it sort of it really does spill over so you know just for example if I'm putting the bike rack on the car and someone says oh you know because I'm four foot eleven I'm kind of small um people say oh do you need a hand with that and I'm like nope and I know that I've got the strength <laughs> to do it I'm like thanks but no I'm fine and just making the effort to to try stuff and, and get yourself strong enough to do things in your own life has this has this amazing sort of empowering effect and so to me, anyway, doing it for to feel better about yourself and your life and to feel more capable is an is a better sell and an easier sell than look, you'll get these amazingly toned arms and abs. So mm. I think we've put, we, we've kind of put the goal in the wrong place. It's not to look good, it's to feel good. Yeah. Um, I think that needs to shift. I don't know how I don't know how to make that happen, but I'm banging my drum over here and hoping someone's listening. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm I'm listening and I agree. And I think it really comes back down to that comparison. Do you know what I mean? And um, as good as social media is for so many different things, a lot of it is comparing. And we compare and we're like, I'm not that good, I'm not that good. And straight away before we've actually done anything, we've already shut ourselves down. So one of the biggest tips you've just given us there is that it's not about how you look, it's the impact it has on all of your life, all areas of it. What what other practical sort of outcomes or tips would you give to people that may be hesitant or maybe stuck in the right and, and they want to find, you know, find the joy in movement again? Um, so I think, you know, doing little and often, you know, there, there are some simple things. So, you know, in terms of how I've changed, I've always been quite active anyway, but in terms of how I have changed the way I sort of move in my everyday life since writing this book, I spend a lot more time sitting on the floor when I'm working because then every time you get up, which is often because I'm a fidget, um, you're basically leg pressing your entire body weight. So that you know has benefits for um, you know strength uh, and balance and all you know just agility, mobility in general. Um, but just trying to do little, it doesn't have to be complicated. It can be little and often. It can be like, oh, I've got to clean up the kitchen again. I'll, I'll whack on some music and dance around while I do it. It doesn't It doesn't have to be a formal thing that you go out and pay money to do. Just kind of finding ways to get it in your life. So there's studies on people who live in the blue zones around the world, which are areas where people are far more likely to live to 100 than anywhere else in the world. Um, and, and scientists have been studying these people and what they do and what, you know, and it comes down to their lifestyle, essentially, potentially a bit of genetics, but mostly lifestyle. And one of the things that they find about these people is that they don't do anything that you would call exercise, but they sort of, they go out for walks and they, you know, they do gardening and they, they sit on the floor and jump up all the time. And so movement is just more of a part of their day. Um, without really trying and so I think that's something that you can just shift the mindset a little bit and try and get movement into your day in small 
ways, little and often, and it actually adds up. You know, there's a a group of people, uh, the MoveNat people, and they have this thing they call movement snacks, where you just you know take a minute or two and you get up and they do things like hanging from the door and uh, crawling around for a bit. It doesn't have to be that, but just getting up and doing any form of movement, little and often, like snacks that you have when you're stuffing your face with crisps, they do add up without you really noticing. And they <laughs> but movement snacks in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I I like that. And and I think it goes the other way. I obviously used to be a teacher and now I work for myself. So I sit down a lot more than what I used to. And I think one of the most alarming things that I heard was that, you know, I'll get up in the morning Carolyn, and I'll do a gym session. And I used to think because I've done that, it counteracts and, and I'm able to sit down. And it, my big kick in the bum from the book was, no, you need to be moving yeah. all the time. And just yeah, because you that. spend 45 minutes or an hour in the morning doesn't give you the right to sit on your ass all day, Dale. And I, but I, I, I know that, but you, your mind think it plays games on you. It's like a rewarding because I've done all this, but it's, it's like you just said, it's constantly moving, isn't it? Yeah, as much as possible. But, you know, sometimes it's hard. You know, my job is, is editing, writing, sitting and reading. So, you know, it's hard sometimes to to do that. But but yeah, in terms of sort of the sedentary versus exercise. So when you look at the studies that track brain health and sort of cognitive decline, you know, over long periods of time, the faster decline uh, is linked to the amount of time you spend sedentary. And that's regardless of whether you've done some exercise um, you know, you also do some exercise. So it's not necessarily about saying, well, okay, you've done your gym session in the morning. Great. Do one at lunchtime as well. It's not about that. It's about getting more movement into the day, little and often uh, as you go, which is to me, again, a bit of an easier sell because by the time you want done one gym, gym session, he wants to go and do another one. I mean, <laughs> I'd, I'd love it. I definitely don't want to do that. But like, yeah. I, I think sometimes when you read things, it, it really resonates with you. And I obviously talk about this a lot when I'm doing speaking and things now, but um, how important it is to find ways to not be sitting all day. And as you just said, there are so many jobs now that are behind a computer, which you yeah. struggle to walk around with. I get that. But um, that's where you got to get creative realistically and come up with ways, isn't it? Because nobody is going to move your body for you or get all the benefits that we've spoken about. You need to do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had a sort of a magic wand for the motivational aspect, um, then that would be great because there are days when you just think, oh, do you know what? I could, I could Today I'm just going to sit. And I guess, you know, everything in moderation. And if your body is telling you it needs to rest, then, you know, rest is very important as well. There's a whole chapter in the book about rest, um, which is funny because no one ever asked me about that chapter. It's like, <laughs> oh, move, 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 move. No one ever says, what about this resting business? Um, but it's just as important because, you know, if you, if you list, if you're tuned into what your body needs, then you know when you need to move and you know when you need to rest. And it's, it's important to listen to the rest signals as well. Um, so, yeah, sometimes you can sit on your ass. I think it's important to, if people are at that stage where they need to rest, it's probably a, a good thing in that aspect because at least they're moving their body. I think that's probably the positive that goes yeah, with that. That's, that's how I'd look at it. But also there's ways of sitting, you know, there's, um, there's, so there's been studies done with a group of hunter gatherers in Tanzania called the Hadza, Hadza people. Um, and they've been studied, they seem to be quite happy to have people come and study them and do all kinds of stuff. They seem to be quite up for it. Um, and, so anthropologists have studied them and they found that, um, well, exercise anthropologists specifically, they're looking at their activity levels throughout the day. And they found that they rest about the same amount as the average Westerner does. They sort of rest for about sort of eight or nine hours a day. 
But the difference is when they rest, they're in a, a deep squat. They're, they're sitting on something low. Um, they're kneeling up. You know, they don't have many chairs where they are. Um, and so they're always keeping a little bit of muscle activity going on. And so there's ways of sitting. If you do have to sit, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, sit sort of without slumping because that's <laughs> when you switch every muscle in your body off and just go, and your brain switches off and everything's blur. But, you know, if, if you're a little bit active, then um, then that sort of makes it less bad. Mm. So that's, I've... you know, I'm sort of sitting on the floor and kneeling up and you know, because you can't sit in one position for too long because your body starts complaining. So that lends itself to moving around and, and fidgeting around a bit. Mm, I, I think that's really important. And like you just said, it's, I think it's being aware. I think everything yeah. that the big thing I took out of the book is people need to be curious about the benefits of movement and the different types, but yeah. they need to be aware of how their day is going, where they're at, how much they've moved. And I know there's so many gadgets and devices that will do that for you now, but again, they're not going to make you move. You need to be aware of your situation and, and get up or just do something or move your body or stretch or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, and, and it is kind of, it's funny, sometimes I sort of sit around and, and feel really lethargic and then I sort of come into myself and go, Caroline, you literally wrote 60,000 words on this. You know what to do. <laughs> but you forget because you're like, oh, I feel crap. You know, I'm going to sit here. You know, I don't want to move. I don't want to go out. But actually, you know, it never fails. Even if it's just a quick walk around the block, it never fails. Never, never. It really doesn't. So when you, obviously, as I said, your book's been purchased and read by so many people and you speak about it, you do everything. Um, do you sit back and think, like, geez, I've done pretty good here. What, what are you most proud of when you when you think about what you've created? Um, because it is a really good book. And there's so many books out there these days telling you all different things, but the impact yours had is insane. What, what are you most proud of of what you've created? Um. Do you know, it's it's like little things. Like if somebody sends me a message on Instagram or something or or Twitter, where most people are usually shouting and horrible, you know. But if somebody <laughs> sends me a nice message and say, "I just read your book. It, it's really great. I've, you know, thanks very much." You know, that just that makes my day. Honestly, I would say if, if you've ever read a book, um, send send an author a little note and say. I enjoyed that. Thanks. And I've done it since, you know, to, to kind of massively famous authors going, I don't sell as many books as you, but when people tell me my book's good, I like it. So your book's great. Um, because, it, you know, you sit in your little office typing away in your own, and it's a very insular process, you know, writing a book and you're creating something out of nothing. And it's really hard and it's really, you know, it's really hard on yourself sometimes. But to know that someone's read it and got something from it and it's resonated with them, that's, that's yeah, that's the best thing. That's yeah. really really great thing so I love that so send me nice messages yeah I like that and I, I think that goes <laughs> down to anything ego. send me messages <laughs> I think that goes down to air really anything that if you have a good experience or something you, you got to let people know because it doesn't matter what you're doing in life nobody we we just think these things the person that created it or put the effort into it they don't know what we're thinking yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, with especially with creative stuff, there's a lot of self-doubt goes into it as well. You know, you kind of sit thinking, oh, is it the, the amount of time it took me to to kind of build up to pitching this idea for a book and thinking, is there oh, is it worth doing or is it is anyone going to be interested in this? I don't know. And you don't you genuinely don't know if you can ask your friends and they'll be polite and say, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> but you don't really know. And so, um, yeah, it, it's nice that people seem to seem to like it 
Well, so. they definitely do. And I know you've got other books and lots of edits and everything like that. Um, yeah. where, where's the motivation come from to continue to research and continue to write? I know, obviously, that's your passion, and but still finding that energy and spark. And I know you've got a project around energy coming up, but um, where, where's that energy come from to keep wanting, you know, to find new research, to find new things, to put it in a way that has an impact on people, such as moving your body because movement is medicine. Where does that spark come from constantly? Um, So it has to be something that I'm genuinely curious about and genuinely passionate about because I can't, you know, and I do now, I've been doing this for long enough, I get offered stuff to write quite often and um if I'm not really into it, I just say no, because I know it's going to be painful and horrible. And it's quite, you know, it's quite a long, hard process. But if I'm genuinely curious about something, then I want to find out. And the great thing about my job, which I love, is you get to phone up the experts in the field and say, tell me the latest, tell me everything. And they they always, you know, they love telling you about their work. They're so passionate about it. So you get to speak to really interesting people who have dedicated their life to something and and it's just it's just brilliant. I love it because you just get to learn new stuff from the best people all the time. And the, especially in in science journalism, you're learning stuff that just makes you go, "Oh my god, that is so cool!" Really, is that can that really be true? And yeah, that just keeps me going. I just I'm, I was that annoying kid at school that was going, "Why? What? <laughs> I don't know." So um, I'm basically just that annoying kid now who just asked, <laughs> just, "Why?" Just growing up. Just grown yeah, up a little exactly. bit. Yeah, exactly. I'm just still a, <laughs> a grown-up annoying kid. <laughs> <laughs> so when, obviously, you spoke before about people don't talk much about the rest component um, in the book, is there something else that is a question you wish people asked more about your research and obviously around MOVE that you don't get as much? Mm. So I don't know. I think most of the other stuff, people, are, that, that because there seems to be something there's like a chapter that I think hopefully would resonate with with somebody. So, you know, there's a whole chapter on dance and synchronised movement and people get that, even though most adults don't really dance for fun anymore. Um, it's like, oh, yeah. They should, though. Of, they, they should, though. They should, though. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's just in your kitchen, <laughs> which is I do a lot, although, I like, to be fair, I have started a, a street dance class, which is either cringy or awesome depending on whether you ask my son or, awesome. <laughs> or me I'd say awesome yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> oh my god it's so cringe um but yeah it, you know there's this cool research about you know moving um in synchrony with other people so it sort of it blurs the lines um in our brains about where my body ends and where yours begins because you know you know where your body is in space and if somebody starts moving their body with your body their movements are in time with your movements and your brain's like are they part of me or am I part of what and it all gets a bit confusing and so the side effect of that is that we we, we feel more connected and and there's really cool experiments like from little toddlers all the way up to adults where if you get people to move in time before they play a game where they either help each other or don't help each other people are far more likely to cooperate if they've moved in synchrony beforehand so there's this really powerful thing you know in this age where on the surface, we're more connected than we've ever been. Um, you know, still there's loneliness and people don't feel connected with each other. So just move, and it doesn't have to be dance because, you know, I've talked to people in 
workplaces and they're always like well, how are we going to dance you know no one wants to dance with their colleagues but you know just <laughs> <laughs> any way of moving together whether that's you know I don't know if you're having a way day do some drumming together or something like that but whether it's um, yoga tai chi aerobics doesn't matter moving together is something really powerful to bringing people together and I kind of feel that's something that that we need so although people do ask about dance and they like to know about dance I think that's something really important that I would like people to know that you know we are social beings and we need to move yes but we need to move with other people and that can be you know you can synchronize someone when you're out for a walk so you go for a walking meeting yeah. synchronize your steps you know that sort of happens automatically anyway problems become easier to solve because you work together better you know so lots of little tips and takeaways I think well I, I think there is there too and and like you said if something's not changing you sometimes you have to be quite vulnerable and you know maybe put the idea out there or lead by example or like you said you know starting a dance class like you're putting yourself yeah. out there you're doing something that's challenging you and that's when the magic happens when we allow it to um but at your workplace or wherever you are if you're not willing to change anything then most likely nothing will change that's yeah. the world we're living isn't it yeah and we've got people burning out left right and center and everyone's you know working long hours and I think yeah to some extent it does have to come from above you know you'd have a boss that says right we've got to catch up let's go around you know let's let's go for a walk um you know that that's just as easy as sitting in a dry meeting room for yet another hour of the day um so yeah why not but somebody I, has to make it happen. Something, as you say, something has to change. Otherwise, nothing will change. Yeah, someone has to be the ringleader. And if I guess you're not happy where you are, sometimes it means that you might, you know, have to do something that people will judge, and they'll judge because deep down they're probably a little, a little bit angry that they didn't come up with or didn't have the courage to do it. And I, I think that's with movement that um, if it challenges you or it makes you do something that is unnormal, like sometimes that's a really good thing because. That's how we grow. That's how we, and if it doesn't work, half the time laughing about the fact it didn't work will make people more connected anyway. Oh God. I mean, my little, my little dance class, hilarious. Like, but, but about halfway through the first class, I was thinking, I don't think this is for me. I can't look at them. They can all do it. I can't do it. Oh my God. But you know, a few weeks in, we're all cracking up when we get it wrong. And, and actually it's, it sort of worked in a way that, you know, four weeks in, we know the routine and and it feels really good that we can actually do this and not make total fools of ourselves. So yeah, I mean, going through that slight pain barrier is yeah. that sometimes I'm going tonight. So tonight is the is week four, which is when we're supposed to have mastered this routine. So I might have to do a little bit of practice. <laughs> but I, I think I think what you've just mentioned there, Carolyn, is that the joy of figuring something out that you're not good at the start and overcoming mm -hmm. that and sticking to it. Like you could have very easily walked away when that first one, when you couldn't get it or whatever, but then you wouldn't get the satisfaction that you're going to get tonight when you absolutely yes. nail it, will you? Maybe. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Keep an eye on my Instagram because I'll put the video up if it's any good. There's, a, right. there's a bit at the end of the moment where uh, he videos it every week so that we can, you know, we can practice it. And there's there's definitely a bit at the end where I start going, what? I'm <laughs> looking a bit confused, but, you know, we'll see. I, I love that. And I think... Um, one of the biggest things I've taken away from this is you've got to practice what you preach. And obviously you've given so many ideas and examples in your book, a way people can move. And I love that, you know, you've gone and started dance. I think that is brilliant. Like it's, it's really cool to hear. Um, So 
people out there, I've endorsed this book so much and I talk about it all the time because uh, movement is medicine, but you've got to enjoy it and it's not a chore. And I think the way you have written this book, Garen, is that you've given people so many ideas and uh, data around ways of movement and the benefits they'll get that isn't just about having a six pack or a peach emoji ass, you know, like you, yeah. it's not just that. So um, where can people find your wonderful book move? Oh, um, I think anywhere where you can buy books, I hope, or if it's a bookshop, do me a favor and ask them to order it. Cause I think they have to order a few and that helps me because um, <laughs> then they have a few more to sell to other people. Um, but if you want to find, uh, you can, there are links to where you can buy it from my website, which is carolinewilliams.net. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Caroline Williams underscore. No, it's not. Yeah. It's Caroline Williams underscore science. That's me. Um, but yeah, hopefully it should be around and about. Um, well, well, I'll have links is episode number 284. So if you go to the show notes down the bottom, I'll have Carolyn's website or Instagram so you can go and check out her really yes. cool moves tonight. <laughs> yes, if it doesn't appear, then you'll know that it didn't go well. <laughs> I think you need to post it now just because. I think uh, that's exactly what I'll hear. But uh, Carolyn, firstly, thank you so much for uh, writing the book. Um, Andy Milne, thank you so much for obviously recommending it to me. Um, you get recommended a lot of books, but there's not many that – made me really think about things that I do in my life. And um, and obviously I share that with other people now because um, we, we are so fortunate to move our body and we all need to find that one way or that one thing that brings us joy. And I think you've done such a wonderful job of giving people the research behind that, but then so many different ways that they can do it. And if they haven't found one yet, get the book and there's so many options they can find one. So Karen, well done on such a wonderful book and thanks so much for being on the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Shout out again to Andy. Thank you for passing it on. It's all it's all good. Pass pass on the spread the word. Um, and it's all good. And also the last thing I would say is you don't have to find the one thing. I'm a bit of a magpie when it comes to movement. Do everything, do lots of things, do it once or twice, move on to something else. Just yeah, keep exploring because because there's lots of fun stuff to do. Well, I, I love that. Keep, I think keeping it fresh is uh, yeah. is the key. And that's like a magpie. Keep it fresh. I love that. Yeah. So look forward to talking about energy. Everybody wants more energy. And uh, I yeah, can't absolutely. wait for that. When I, find the key, I will, when I find the key to more energy, I will let you know. I love um, that. I'm on it. Don't worry. <laughs> Thanks, Carol. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Cheers.